Colter Nuanas from ESPN Montana here at the M Store. Proud to present our Nuanas Now podcast each and every day, available on all of your various podcast hosting platforms. One of their awesome partners, a guy that really is uh, helping spread the word about the M Store, is Grizz All American Junior Bergen. What's up, man? Thanks for coming in. Yes, thank you for having me. First of all, you got a cool t shirt. What's it like being on a t shirt? You're a kid from Billings, Montana, so that, yeah. might, that must be kind of surreal knowing there's a t shirt of you at the M Store. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Um, I went to a couple basketball games back home. And uh, I saw some kids running around with I their love shirt it. on. And it was really surreal. It was a cool moment, cool experience for sure. Uh, that's so cool. You guys do such a good job of embracing how much the community loves you. But when people are looking up to you like they do, I mean, they think, I mean, you're the man right now for <laughs> <laughs> the University of Montana. What's yeah. that like being a Montana kid? Um, it's different for sure. Um, you know, growing up, you kind of look up to guys like who are in the NFL totally. and stuff like that. But, um, you know, it's just great to have a, a positive influence on these kids' lives. Um, you know, I just wanted to make sure. Uh, I set the example and lead by example and give them someone to look up to. Go check out the M Store. They're located there at the corner of Higgins and Broadway here in the city of Missoula. And you can also visit anytime online, MontanaMStore.com. They have all the latest and greatest, a whole bunch of original Grizz gear. And of course, they have Junior Bergen t-shirts. Junior Bergen, proud partner with the M Store, as well as us here at uh, ESPN Montana. Thanks for swinging by, man. Yes, sir. Thank you for having me. The M Store, where they're all Grizz all the time. Montana's only daily sports talk show, Nuanez Now. Watch the show statewide on SWX Montana Television. I like football! Feels like the anniversary of the end here, but also new beginnings. Welcome in. Nuan is now ESPN Radio. SWX Montana Television and the ESPN MT app. I'm Coulter Nuanas. We're coming to you through the ESPN MT studio here at the Missoula Broadcasting Company. We get things kicked off today with the final episode of a series I hope continues because it's been great the last two summers. Our Where Are They Now series presented by Ryan and Miller Law. Spearheaded by, created by, co-hosted by Chris Redpath, who joins us in studio. And we'll also be joined in studio today by Matt Seidensticker, a uh, former Grizz basketball player. And uh, we'll get all caught up with him, one of Montana's great high school basketball players. Got it played uh, for Blaine Taylor here in the late 1990s and then the transition into Don Hulse, which is something I'm very interested about. So we'll get to all that here uh, in hour number one. Hour number two, we've got Carol in the Chicken Doesn't Know Sports. She's been wa- doing her homework. She's been watching Hard Knocks. She's got lots to say about the New York Jets. Uh, I think she's like proclaiming that she's a Jets fan at this point. So uh, the propaganda's working, let's say. Uh, so we'll talk to her and uh, also have some laughs about a couple other things as well. We may or may not, depending on uh, when Andrew returns, Andrew Houghton, our producer, he is on the call right now for the home opener for the University of Montana soccer team. So they're playing in Missoula. Great start for the Grizz. They're 2-0. and They went to North Dakota last week and swept uh, North Dakota and North Dakota State. So a couple big wins for the Grizz soccer team. They're hosting Montana State Billings today. A nice tune-up because you got Ohio State coming to town on Sunday. How about that? Uh, Pretty good non-conference game. Uh, So depending on when Andrew comes back, he still has a whole bunch of interviews from the Big Sky kickoff, football media days. Uh, If we can track down the one with Dan Hawkins, the head coach of UC Davis. I've been thinking a lot about UC Davis this week. I'm not really sure why. 
But we're getting prepped up for football season. So if Andrew gets back in time, we'll play that for you. And either way, uh, we'll be joined to wrap up the show by Jeff Safford, the voice of the Missoula Paddlehead. So ton of subject matter um, for you all around the wide world of sports like we always do. Uh, I say it's the anniversary of the end because uh, this is the last Where Are They Now for the summer. Uh, but certainly something we hope to continue here on ESPN Radio. Uh, but also, this is sort of like the last day of summer for me. I'm, I'm getting out of town tomorrow. I'm going to San Francisco, going to go check out a Giants game and uh, hang out for a couple days. And I'm doing this mostly because then I'm going to be on the road for work for the next uh, 16 weeks in a row. So <laughs> got to get a little vacay time in. Um, but then we'll be full into football mode when I get back. Next week, game week. We got a uh, Grizz game coming up against Butler. Uh, next Saturday, and then we also have uh, Montana State open up their season against Utah Tech uh, under the Bobcat Stadium lights next Saturday night. So football season uh, right around the corner, but crazy Friday night lights on Friday. So uh, Chris Redpath and Matt Seidensticker in studio with us. Um, what do you think? I mean, Hellgate gets to play under the bright lights of Washington well, Grizzly Stadium. Well, both of our kids. So oh, Matt's cool. so, yeah, son, yeah, nice. um, Chip plays as well. Oh, so cool. tomorrow, yep. both of our boys will be under the lights and bright ones. Yeah. For sure, but yeah. yeah, that's pretty exciting. Well, I have to say, I know your boy just a little bit just because I grew up with Jack McGillis, so I oh, know the okay. McGillis family, and uh, so I've seen Chip up at the lake before, and, okay. you know, he's uh, he's a tall kid, man. He's, he's, six, he's probably 6'5 right now. The kid, and what, as only a sophomore, right? Right, yeah. Yeah, crazy. So yep. um, well, let, let's start there. And here's our, our Where They Now series presented by Ryan and Miller Law, Matt Seidensticker, former Grizz Hoops uh, star, in our studio with us here to finish up this series. Ryan and Miller Law. Specializing in personal injury and criminal defense, they handle cases across the state of Montana and focus in specific areas of law to ensure they provide their clients with the best representation. Uh, so what's been going on? You're in Missoula. You've been in Missoula. Have you been in Missoula since you, you got done playing? Uh, I spent a little time. Um, once I graduated, I was up in Alaska for like four years. Oh, in cool. Fair, in Fairbanks. What were you um, doing up there? So I was working um, with Denver Holt and the Owl Research Institute uh, studying snowy owls up in Barrow, Alaska. What a fun deal. <laughs> yeah. So what was your degree in then? Was it wildlife biology? It was, yeah. Wow, okay. That's a great program at yep. the University of Montana, certainly. Yep. Uh, so you got to spend some time in like the real wild. I mean, Alaska's oh, yeah. wild. Alaska's wild. And, and Barrow is, you know, the northernmost point. And so it's like just the tundra. It's right on the, you know, the... The Chukchi Sea, there, the Arctic Ocean, and uh, it, it, it was fun. I mean, it was it was some long summers. We were there like May through September, and you know, it's <laughs> right. it, it's not always the best weather. So, right, it, but it was good. It was good. So you're up there for for four years, you said. Yep. And I have some more questions about that. But then you've been back in Missoula since then. Pretty much, yeah. I was I was uh, back home down in Twin Bridges area for a couple years, yep. and then I came back here in 2006. I think something like that. Yep. Um, and now I'm down in Lolo. Actually, that's where I've been living the oh, last. Cool. Uh, 10 years, maybe. So what have you been up to? What Are you still doing wildlife biology stuff? I, yeah, I am. I yeah. see your shirt, the Montana yeah, Moth yeah, so Project. I'm sporting a little little, uh, you know, little advertisement here. So I'm, I'm, <laughs> it's good. I'm actually um, the executive director and lead researcher for a nonprofit called Northern Rockies Research and Educational oh, cool. Services. Um, it's a little outfit I started in 2009. Um, and we're a small grassroots nonprofit that um, tries to advanced, you know, the scientific understanding of insects and wow. other wildlife. And so our flagship program is the Montana Moth Project. So we've been trying to survey the whole state um, for moth diversity. And we're partnered with the Gillette Museum down at Colorado State. And 
Yeah, it's been it's been a blast. I've been seeing country out in Montana. I've never even I never even knew existed. Well, Matt, I remember running into you. I was actually uh, <laughs> taking my son down to a camp out for a, a Missoula camp oh, yeah. and ran into you out down the Bitterroot, literally in the middle of nowhere. <laughs> yeah, and yeah, Matt, yeah. you were on a almost a forty eight hour bender of studying, right. and you had not slept. Yep, I mean, yep. it was it, it was a yeah. real serious, intense time. It was, and that was MPG Ranch, which is a, a fifteen thousand acre private conservation property that I have a couple of projects going on down there. So yeah, yeah, that was funny. I remember that. Well, it's it, a lot of, there's a lot of jobs out there. I feel like there's a lot of people that don't necessarily love their jobs. This seems like a job that if you have this job, you just love this job. Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> Let's just say where I know I'm not saving a 401k, but I'm, hey, I'm definitely, hey, <laughs> but you're probably having an interesting time every day, right? Absolutely. Every day is different. I get to travel around the state um, and it's, it's a blast. It's what I love to do. And so, yeah. Can't complain. Well, that, that's uh, that's so cool. How did you first get in- interested in all that? So you know, it just goes back to my upbringing. You know, being yeah. in Montana, yeah. being rural. You know, I grew up in a hunting and ranching sort of family, totally. and, and just being outdoors, and uh, just kind of always had an affinity for wildlife. And so when I got to college, I was like, yeah, this is you know, this is this is what I want to do. You know, and I, I originally started out in like zoology and. You know, I, it didn't take me long to figure out I don't want to be in the lab, you know. Right. You want to you be know, out in the field. I want to be out in the field. And so then I switched to wildlife, and it's uh, it's worked out. That may be law school, because you went that route for a little bit. I, I did. I did do that and discovered... Sorry, Paul and you guys, but I uh, discovered that wasn't for me either. <laughs> that's all right. I think sometimes you just have to learn by yeah. doing, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, well, yeah. That, that's why there's uh, legal experts like Ryan and Miller Law that truly care about their clients Absolutely. and this community. There you go. Drum roll, <laughs> It's important to their firm that they can help local Montanans and surrounding communities. They're always giving back to the community, and uh, they do such a great job with it. This time of year, they're always doing their backpack giveaways, which I always think is so great uh, to help at uh, in-need kids from around. Uh, the community. Um, so to finish the, the question about Hellgate, though, Friday night under the lights, uh, Billing Senior. I watched Hellgate practice the other day. They have good numbers, better numbers than they've had. Over seventy, which is great. Culture. That's, that's phenomenal. I mean, they have a yeah. JV team again, right? Yes, we do. Yep. Which have a is JV great. Team. Okay, cool. Yep. So that's uh, that's good news. I, I've actually very been very pleased. I interviewed all three Double A coaches from uh, Missoula. Earlier this week, and we'll play all three of those for you tomorrow. By the way, I'm leaving town, but we'll still have a show tomorrow. We have so much content that you're just going to hear me on the radio. Most of you won't even know I'm gone because I already have about an hour and a half worth of stuff for you, and Andrew will be able to guide the rest of the way. But um, talking to all three Missoula High School coaches, though, all three programs have great numbers. I mean, Dan Oliver said they have 23 seniors. Big Sky's got 21 seniors, which is awesome. And 70 kids out for Hellgate, that's that's promising. That makes me happy. I'm the glad. The freshman and sophomore class uh, are, are big for Hellgate. And I think that's great for the future, yeah. right? Um, yeah. Hellgate's got lower numbers with those juniors and seniors, which could make for, you know, some tough moments on the football field. However, I think that it's an opportunity oh, for, sure. for some of these younger players to really yep. get game experience. This totally reminds me when I was in high school. My freshman year, the sophomore class above me was really good. They moved all of us up to varsity right away. And uh, we were we took our lumps when we were sophomores, but then by the time we were seniors, we were, I mean we went to the final four two years in a row. So uh, it can be done for sure. Uh, Matt Seidensticker, more more high school football coming up tomorrow. But Matt Seidensticker, <laughs> a former uh, Grizz basketball player, joining us uh, here in studio um, to stay on the here and now. What's the most interest? I mean, it's hard, probably hard to, to pin the most interesting thing you've ever learned or discovered, or maybe it's not. I don't know. But how about just lately? I mean, anything cool that you found out or learned that's really got you buzzing? 
Well, actually, uh, yeah. So um, as part of this Montana Moth Project, uh, one of my colleagues um, in Billings, actually, they, we discovered a, a new moth species, like completely new to science down in... Uh, in the prior mountains, she she wow. collected, and so it just got published in a journal called Zootax a couple of days ago. And this had never, nobody had ever known nobody about this. Nobody had ever known about this. That moth. is wild. Isn't that wild? <laughs> and, and in fact, we have two more that we've uh, discovered as well. So we have at least three like brand new, undiscovered, just wow. here in Montana. So that's uh, that's been a really really neat thing, um, and, and it's. It's not uncommon with insects, right? I mean, there's just right. so much we don't know. But but these weren't just small moths. I mean, these were like, hmm. you know. Pretty Good big size. moths that, you know. I'm not a fan, Matt. I don't like them. <laughs> yeah, you don't like that. A lot of people say that. They don't like when they flutter in their house yeah. at night. Sure. You know. Uh, <laughs> so how does something like that happen? Uh, to have it undiscovered, is it because of it's a, just an unexplored ecosystem? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, pretty much, pretty much. You know, and moths are nocturnal, and, you know, we're diurnal creatures, and so going out at night and setting up light traps and being a light sheet, it's just not what people do, right? And and this was down at uh, Petrolet Canyon, which is kind of right on the Wyoming border. So, I mean, a lot of people hike there, but not a lot of people out there at night, you know what I mean? And so yeah. it's nothing that, um, like, oh, my God, they're all of a sudden here. They've always been there. It's just nobody's found them. Yeah. The, the, what a, what an interesting thing! Congratulations to you. A uh, fun tidbit. Matt Seidensticker in <laughs> studio uh, with us. You guys coached together a little bit too, right? Well, I coached Matt's son. Okay, yeah, yeah. The Raptor okay. years with yeah, Ryan, Dick, right, but right. Matt was certainly involved. Sure, he yeah, had, yeah. He coached the Lolo girls and boys. Yeah, so I've been he, I've been coaching them the last six years. Oh, you have. So the, yeah. the middle school teams. Yeah, nice, cool. Yep. Really excited about that new building coming in. You know, yeah. We, Huge I mean, down there. Uh, that little gym that they used to have was pretty tough, and I, it was only a couple of years ago that I think we got glass backboards in there. So <laughs> it used to be wooden, but now that new gym's supposed to be uh, kind of similar to Hellgate uh, Elementary. Yeah. Here. So really excited about that. It's yeah. so interesting how much Lolo's grown. I mean, kids growing up in Missoula, when I was in middle school and high school, there's only a few Lolo kids in yeah. each age group, so they'd have to get right. kind of shipped out, different Little League teams, <laughs> or they're coming to, you know, Hellgate Middle School. But then I remember my eighth grade year, they finally had enough to have a, a basketball team that was just Lolo. Yep. But that's kind of the way town's growing now. So, I mean, it's probably yeah. a lot more. I mean, have you seen that impact, just the, the talent level of the kids, just having more kids out there? You know, it's it's like uh, any school, I suppose. It ebbs and flows. Um, you know, there's been years we've had low numbers that uh, we've had to pull up like sixth graders, you know, to sure, kind of fill out yeah. the roster. But it, uh, we've had some good kids come through there, though, like, you know, Zach Cruz and, and yeah. uh, Chance McNulty. Yep. Um, you know, they had an opportunity to coach both of those kids. And so, you know, there's years that it's like, wow, you know pretty fun yeah well let's talk about your upbringing then because you mentioned uh, that that had a big influence on who you became right. in the here and now so you mentioned by twin bridges yep. and i know you went to what is now north star high school right 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 the from, former, from the kg cougars <laughs> yeah, right right so um but where did you actually live so I, I was born in Dillon, and I went to Twin Bridges until my third grade year my dad was a teacher and that's when he got the job in uh KG. So we went. We actually lived in Guildford, which was one of the. So it was Kremlin and Guildford sure. yeah. that were consolidated. So we lived in Guildford. That was where the high school was. Um, and I was there from fourth grade to tenth grade at, at KG, and then junior and senior year uh, went to Shelby. Okay. Yep. Yep. So what was your family doing? Were you working agriculture? Uh, my dad was a teacher, biology teacher. Okay, yeah, yeah. okay. And then my mom was, she uh, was like an administrative assistant, secretary okay, okay. of the school system, you know, kind of one of those things. But, you know, those small schools, I think, geez, when I was a seventh grader, 
we had 35 kids maybe, yeah. 7 through 12 right. at KG, right? right. So it was, what was it like making the jump to Shelby? Because that was a little bit bigger. I mean, still small, but... Still small, but I mean, you know, I had like 60 kids in my class. I mean, it was, you know, I felt like I was coming to Missoula. So, you know, I mean, it was, right. it was a big jump, right? Totally. You know, going class C to class B. And at that time, class B up there was loaded. So it, it was a really fun experience. So. I have a question. How did you, and I have all your numbers rolling through my head. Coulter knows I love all these numbers, but you had a stretch in 1995 where you made 64 straight free throws. Right. Well, that's, that is so impressive. You <laughs> still hold the record to, to <laughs> now. Over 18 games. Yes. Yeah, right. 18 games of complete focus, Stick. Yeah, well, you know, I, some of it's luck, I suppose, but I mean, I don't, you know, I it's just practice, right? You right. know, and mm -hmm. I, the games change so much. I don't know how much kids shoot through free throws much well, anymore. Well, that's what I was leading you into <laughs> yeah, is I right. feel like the way our kids play is different from the basketball week. Right, play. yeah, yeah, yeah. I was just listening to a great podcast on the way in here. It's Bill Simmons' podcast, which I reference a lot, but one of his guests this week is Malcolm Gladwell, who's the renowned intellectual and writer. Uh, he's written a, a whole bunch of books. You've probably heard of or read several of them. Um, but he has his new study is all about the uh, the industrial complex of youth sports and what's that's doing to sports development. This series has been so reaffirming to me because we've had so many subjects that grew up in tiny little towns, yeah. and it wasn't about this AAU team or that club team or whatever. You're just practicing your free throws, right? Just I mean, practicing our free throws. We used to get competitions like all the time to see who could make the most in a row, right? Right. And we Rubber basketballs in yeah. a driveway. Probably oh, not yeah. even paved. <laughs> right. Oh, no, I actually had a basket that my father and I mounted on a grain auger. Wow. And I so I could lower it to 8 feet, raise it to 30 feet, and so we could lower it to 8 feet to dunk. But, yeah, all gravel, and we just go out there and shoot for hours and play. And, you know, you were, you know, anytime you get in the gym, you were like, oh, this is sweet, you know? <laughs> so when you first transferred to Shelby, you mentioned that Class B had some powers then. That's kind of yeah. always how Class B works. It does shift a little bit, but there's always yep. a few real powerhouse schools. Who was? What do you remember just about those times in the competition then? Oh man, well of course Fairfield at the time. You know they still yeah. had Dean Gamron coaching, and they you know they were multiple state champions. Um, you know they had Shane Gamrod and um, Ty Thorne and the Shank Boys and. They they were just they were really tough. Um, you know, Plentywood, Travis Walker was up there sure. at the time. Um, Wolf Point was good. Um, it, it was a it was a good time to play. You know, Class B ball up there. Um, Gustafson, Jake Gustafson was at Sims. Yep. I mean, just some real ballers. Um, this is my era. For sure. Yeah, it was good. I mean, I think in my, that divisional tournament my senior year we had, and not the polls mean anything, but I think we had seven out of the top ten. Or maybe six out of the top ten, or five, something like that, of the top ten ranked teams in the state, just at the divisional. Sure, right. Uh, it, was, it was it was stacked. Yeah. In addition to all the basketball success, you also had a stellar track career, back-to-back -back state champs. That's right. Um, yeah. Did you have a hard time choosing, or was it always basketball, or did track ever enter your mind to go collegiately? It did, and in fact, I had some early conversations when I came to the U. Um, about potentially doing that. Hurdles yeah. or yeah. high jump? Or was it high, it was, high it jump? Was her, I was a jumper and a hurdler, yeah. yeah. But, you know, after my first year and getting the taste of, you know, the, the grind of college <laughs> sure. basketball, I was kind of like... There's no downtime. There, yeah, I was like, I don't know anything I want to add another three months to this whole scenario, you know, so... Right. Um, but I love track, yeah, love track. Matt Seidensinger joining us in studio. It's our Where Are They Now series presented by Ryan and Miller Law, Crystal Redpath, co-hosting with me... 
Coulter Nuanas. As we mentioned, uh, Matt started his high school basketball career at Kremlin Guildford, which is now known, known as North Star High School, and then finished it up there at Shelby High School. Um, I mean, you had a, a great career throughout your high school basketball days. Thank you. When did when did college first enter your mind, like as a goal or as something you could attain? Well, I mean, I guess if you, you I guess I would say you'd always think that, right? You know, but I mean, it it, it got real for me probably. Um, I came to the Grizz camp in between my sophomore and junior year, mm-hmm. you know, and had a pretty good camp. And I think that's, a, you know, got some good feedback. And I think at that point it was, it was kind of like, hey, yeah, you know, I think I can do this. Um, um, and, you know, and I, uh, growing up at KG, I'd play a little bit. I'd go into Northern and play with, uh, I knew Lauren Baker pretty well, the mm-hmm. coach there. And so I'd go play with some of those boys, you know, a little bit. And, and, you know, I could hold my own. And so then, you know, yeah. By my junior year, I was thinking, yeah, this is, I could do this, you know. I can do this. Did anyone else enter the radar? Did Montana State ever sneak in there? Oh, well, it it was actually vice versa. So Montana snuck in. So Mm. Bozeman actually was uh, really early on. And they would, uh, yeah, they really heavily recruited me. And in fact, Danny and I, Sprinkle and I, um, we, you know, played on the Montana Wyoming together and we kind of knew each other. We actually had kind of this informal pact, in fact, that we were going to go to the Cats together because the Grizz hadn't come in. It wasn't until late in my summer, my junior year, that the Grizz really got kind of, they kind of just swooped in. And then once it, you know, I took a visit and just met the players and I really didn't even have an idea of the tradition in Montana, you know, it, until hmm. that point, you know, yeah. and then I just saw the whole scene and, and it was just, the school seemed like a better fit. And so it was just like, so I, I think Mick was a little... Mick Durham, yeah. <laughs> a little, maybe a little pissed at me, because they really, you know, I, I spent some time over there, and it was, yeah. <laughs> well, you and Danny battled it out in college for sure. Oh though. man, Danny was such a good player. What a great guy, and obviously we know his success now. But uh, from he, the beginning, we've always known him oh, since we, he was really young. Yeah. I followed him. Yes. The other day, he's like posting him. pictures on Twitter. He's him golfing. He's golfing. With, he's golfing with Dave Roberts, the manager of the right. Dodgers, and then the I next know. day he's with Cedric the Entertainer. I'm like, how do you I, know famous. all these people? I, 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 I know. I saw that. Too. I commented on that. I'm like, you're famous now. <laughs> he's truly famous. <laughs> and the best part about it is, you'll still just you'll take your call anytime. I call him up all the time. What's going on? You know. Yeah. You send him a text. He will get back to you right away. No, right away. Oh, yep. he's awesome. Well, I said it his senior year when I played with him in Montana, Wyoming. He said the best jump shooter in the state, and I tell you. He proved that in spades. It's so interesting to me, too, um, how it seems like the opportunities, especially for boys basketball players in this state, are actually less than they've been before. We're, t- we're always yeah. talking about small school guys, and yeah. it, it was like, okay, are you getting recruited at these Division One type primer tournaments? No, not really, but if you just go to camp and you can play a little bit, you can get some right. serious interest, right? Exactly. I mean, what do you think of this dynamic? Because, I mean, so many players that played for both the Grizz and the Cats in the 90s were Montana guys. Were Montana guys, and, you know, Blaine would make it a point to start Five Montana kids in the Cat Grizz. For sure. You know, and every every time. And it was And the Cats had some good Montana. And, I mean oh, Sprinks, of oh, course, but Scott did. Hattler. Scott and, Hattler, yes. Leachman. I mean um, lots Danny of Montana Sullivan. guys. Yeah. I mean, all those guys. Yes. You know, and I, it's interesting you say that because I was just talking to somebody about this and I, I, I don't think that the transfer portal is doing high school kids any favors anymore. No, you it's know? not for sure. You know, because it's just so hard for a high school kid to I think break into that division one level, especially if you if you're not one of those kids that maybe could step in and play right away, 
You know, because these coaches, I mean, it's it's a business, right? And well, they're, they're re-recruiting just, their roster every year. They right. are. So there's, right. there's just not a lot of development, which no. is what we saw. I mean, right. Robin yeah. Selvig did that. He brought right. kid, players in that maybe right. didn't play till they were juniors or seniors. Yeah. Right, right. And with this NIL now and, and TV deals and stuff like that, I mean, these coaches are under such pressure to win now that it's just... And I don't blame them. You know, we go to the transfer portal, get an experienced guy versus, you know. So it, it is it is difficult. And it's unfortunate because it is. we just see this Fisher kid, right, from Lewistown. That right. He just transfers down to Utah. Right. And honestly, Royce, uh, the Robinson kid, yep. I think he's uh, he certainly can be a D1 talent. You know, I totally agree. Um, I You know, that kid from Billings, uh, where is he, West? Um, I can't remember his name last year. Um, to think for of, for oh. Kelly Dara? No, it wasn't West. It was um, Skyview. Oh, okay. Uh, Lane Love? Yeah. Yeah, yes. great player, too. Going, going to Montana Tech. I mean, that's the yeah. thing, though. The, the <laughs> irony here is there is a reason that Montana Tech and Carroll College are two of the best. Right. I mean, well, and Western, and Western I mean, too. I mean, the frontier is yeah. stacked in men's basketball, and it's because all these great Montana kids, Caleb Belich <laughs> is another one, that Caleb are like our D1-type guys, and, yeah. and now they're just playing in the NAI. But, hey. If you're going the Elite Eight in the NAI, you're competing and you're having fun, hey, good for you. Yeah, kudos to you. Matt Seidensticker joining us in studio here uh, on is Now. It's our Where Are They Now series presented by Ryan and Miller Law. Ryan and Miller Law, they focus in specific areas of law to, to ensure their clients get the best representation possible. Their firm proudly handles automobile accidents, medical malpractice claims, wrongful death claims, DUIs, and criminal charges. Uh, a couple more things on your background. Um those are distinctly agricultural-based communities that you sort of grew up in. Yep. Uh, but your parents weren't working in ag, so I, what was the overlap like? What was, did you get? Did you get any sort of the ag influence in your life still? Oh yeah, yeah. You know, I know. I mean, hard to not, right? right we live it on well, the high yeah. line, you know. <laughs> totally. Well, and I, you know, I had asthma growing up, so I didn't ever like harvest the wheat. <laughs> hey, you know? Right. But I always joined some of my buddies when they were rock picking the fields or whatever, you know. Um, and actually, before my dad became a teacher, he was um, he had we had a hog operation. Oh wow. So we had like three hundred feeder hogs and stuff like that. And so, you know, I remember when I was a kid, you know, my parents pulling me out of the house in the middle of winter and. We'd drive down to the pens, and they'd be throwing piglets into the car, and I'd be you know, with the heater on blast, and I'd have a whole litter of piglets Amazing. in the truck, truck with me, you know, and stuff. So uh, definitely, you know, that. And then way back in the day, the, the family had a, a cattle ranch near Twin Bridges oh, okay. that my dad grew up on and worked on. And um, I never had much... Uh, you know, contact with that, but certainly just the, you know, the influence of all that was, yeah, it was all around. And your family's still in the area? You talk about Fred. Yep, And yep. your brother Fred and Bob. And they're all down Sam, in, in Twin Bridges. My sister's here in Missoula. Okay. Um, works for Allegiant um, over there, but yeah, my dad's retired down in Twin Bridges now and always kept the place. And Gosh, it's beautiful in Twin Bridges. Oh, I love that area, yeah. That whole area is super beautiful. Yeah, it's really nice. From the small town to the big town, we'll talk about uh, <laughs> transitioning from Class C to Class B and then playing in the Big Sky Conference. Matt Seidensticker, our guest here on our Where Are They Now, former Grizz Hoops in studio with us. We'll be right back. Keep it right here. Nuan is now ESPN Radio.
Are you having a bad day? Did you get hurt and it wasn't your fault? Are you in trouble? No matter what has you down, you can take action and help yourself by letting Schulte Law Firm help you. Schulte Law Firm litigates injury, criminal, and civil matters, providing expert advocacy in any situation. Here with Dwight Schulte from Schulte Law Firm, when it comes to criminal defense, what's an example of why someone could or should call Schulte Law? Criminal defense happens on somebody's worst day, you know, and it doesn't mean that someone's a bad person. We all make mistakes. We all make choices that maybe aren't the best choice, and that can lead to dramatic consequences in somebody's life. So we're really focusing on personal injury and criminal defense. We do a lot of different areas of the law, though. We have a strong background in real estate. Um, We handle family law for clients, ton of mediations. The ultimate reality is, is that people have bad days. And that's when you need our help. That's when you need to call Schulte Law Firm because we know the players, we know the game. We can put people in the best position to achieve the outcome they want. If you've had a bad day, visit jschultilaw.com. Nuan is now on ESPN Radio. Nuan is now ESPN Radio. Maybe you're watching SWX Montana Television. Maybe you're streaming on the ESPN MT app. Appreciate you for being here no matter how you're joining in. Rolling through our final, at least for this summer, Where Are They Now? Presented by Ryan and Miller Law all summer long. Co-hosted by Crystal Redpath. Uh, I'm Coulter Nuanas, And our guest this week, Matt Seidensticker, who played for the Montana Grizz men's basketball team during the uh, late 90s. A uh, Shelby High School graduate. Spent a couple years at Kremlin-Guilford High School as well before uh, finishing out his high school career there uh, on the high line. So I asked you when um, college basketball became an attainable goal for you, uh, and and you mentioned kind of the back and forth with the Grizz and the Cats. Right. When you then first landed in Missoula, what did you think? What was more shocking, going from Kremlin to uh, Shelby or Shelby to Missoula? (laughs) Probably Shelby to Missoula. (laughs) Yeah, I bet. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, I mean, you know, growing up, you know, in Montana, you kind of, you know, I mean, you hear through the grapevine, you know, Bozeman's kind of the cowboy town, Missoula's the hippie town, but it was, yeah, I mean, it was, it was a fun time. You learn pretty quickly that Missoula's a a fun town to be in. Matt was just one floor below me in Aber Hall, <laughs> Coulter, so Aber was kind of right by where oh, we needed to be, which was really great. That's the, the high-rise dorm that's just right, right. by the arena. Um, but yeah, you're yeah. one of the first pe- people I met awesome. over here on yeah, campus. I was right, and then a year or two later, you know, we Ryan Dick and I had an apartments that were above Grizzly Hackle. Oh yeah, okay. So we, overlooking all the bar scene, we we'd see some crazy things, you know. But, <laughs> <laughs> but Missoula, yeah, it was it was kind of culture shock. I think you know Bozeman would have been a little bit more of a similar transition. Sure. Yeah, you know, yeah. But Missoula's a unique place for Montana. Well, so uh, the 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 Grizz are rolling. I mean, the Grizz were rolling for a pretty long period of time when you go from Jed Heathcote through, yep. you know, Blaine Taylor. Um what do you remember just about the team that you joined though? Cuz they'd had a lot of success uh, and you guys had some success while you were there as well. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. And you know, once I did start getting recruited, I remember watching uh some games, you know, I, I remember coming to a game where, you know, they had Matt Kemford and Sean Samuelson, and they're, I, I think Idaho or Idaho State at the time was like really good. And, uh, you know, of course, that old Dahlberg Arena, there was just something special about that. Right, because right? we played in the old. I mean, we went yeah. through some transition, Matt, when we went, we yeah. played in the old colors before the yes. renovation that yep. first year. The cover in Texas Orange, I loved it. 
uh, the spit and grizz. I mean, I, you know, that brings it back. But general admission would wait outside. You could yeah. get right down next yep. to the players. You know, you'd wait. There'd be people yep. there hours before the right. game just to get in and be able to sit right down on the floor. Yeah, and of course, Boise State I think was still in the conference mm-hmm. at that For time. Sure. But I remember, you know, that old gym. Now you know, you would hold eight or nine thousand people standing yep. room. And so when I went to that game, uh, it, it was just so intense, and, and the atmosphere was so incredible. I just. It just sort of blew my socks off, and then of course I remember watching him play uh, UNLV, you know, on the in the institute tournament game and all that. So um, it was clear to me that they had a, a winning tradition, and a, you know, it was just kind of an honor to be to be part of it. Matt, did you feel like that level? I mean, you were a prolific scorer in the high school ranks, and then you come into Montana. You're playing behind players like Chris Boya, J.R. Camel. Right. Um, that jump, I know for me, going from high school up yep. to the D1 level, there's a lot to learn. And on the defensive end especially, yep. it seems like you really embrace that role. I would call you somewhat of a defensive specialist in your earlier years, but that was something that you really embraced early. But that 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 was a struggle in that transition from oh. high school to college. Oh, absolutely. And, and you know, and it doesn't take long. I mean, like you say, with Chris Boya, J.R. Camel, I mean, these guys are unbelievable athletes. And I, I, I knew right away when they asked me to play my first year as a true freshman that, you know, yeah, I mean, you're you're going to get some opportunities to score, but, you know, you got to find your, your ways to thrive, right? And defense was was one of those things. And, and, and frankly, I think, you know, when I did redshirt my those nine games my sophomore year, it was that defensive, I think, ability and prowess that compelled them to maybe, you know, bring me off and, and play that year. So, And then, um, I have to say from there, I mean, you won 11 of your last 13 games. That's the year that you went down to NAU right. and really made some noise, well, yep, yep. beat Cal State Northridge, right. go to the NCAA tournament. I mean, how amazing to have that experience. Great experience. And it was a little bit, you know... Uh, one of those things where you know I, I really didn't feel like I had figured out like how to play and play consistently until my senior year, mm-hmm. and so you know people ask me, well, do you wish you would have had that red shirt? And I'm like, yeah, maybe, but we went, you know, I got a ring out of that whole year too, right? Totally. And and I you know played and, and felt like I was a pretty solid contributor, you know, to that team, and so. Well, that's when it spearheaded that 11 you know, game streak happened when you got yeah, pulled off it, a red shirt. It, it was it was just a fun time and. Um, you know, and being an athlete, I always loved defense because I was a track guy. I mean, I didn't mind running around. It was yeah. always a challenge for me, especially like you face guys like Danny. I mean, it, it's a source of pride if you can, you know, even if a guy scores 20 points, if you can hold him to like 6 for 20 or 6 25 shooting, you know, good luck. You're not going to have an easy night, right? You know, so it was, it was a source of pride for sure. I, lo- I love it. Sorry, Coulter. Here I am. I'm just going down this path. Go ahead. Please do. I, I just wanted to say that you got a chance to play against Ron Mercer when you played Kentucky in that right. 1997 NCAA tournament. One of those stacked teams of all uh, time, are by you the kidding? way. I mean, half that team went to the NBA they, they straight did. up. They did. They did. They did. They did. <laughs> and there's that Patino connection because Mercer went to the Celtics. He was in, in number yeah. one. I'm thinking he went six right. in the first round. Yeah, but, but Patino that, left the Kentucky right after that. Right. Yeah. So, I mean, playing against that caliber of an athlete. Um, right. Well, you talk about like you know going from high school to d1 and how like you know you, you see these big strong athletes but then there's like i mean that's like holy cow i mean Robert, <laughs> right. i mean i mean you know you all know chris spoy i mean one of the most unbelievable athletes right you know and he ron mercer i'll never forget a play that they they ran like a flex cut on the baseline for ron <laughs> and, and chris was a heck of a defender too chris is trailing behind and ron just gets the ball in the block he just turns around and just yams it like like with with 
like no, I mean, it was, I was just standing right there, like going, "Oh my god!" You know, just the physicality of of those players is just—it's a whole nother level. Totally another level. I mean, that, 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 you know, that's one of the greatest college teams of, of all time. I mean, that's yeah, that, yeah. That, that is certain. So, uh, what a memory for you! Though, where was the tournament that uh, year? Salt Lake. Okay. Center, yeah. Okay, so you probably had a couple neutral and or uh, Grizz leaning we, fans. We cheering did, you, you know, and, and uh, Jim Nance was calling the game on CBS, nice. which was special. And and honestly, you know, we we kept it under twenty in the first half, but probably the coolest thing about that whole thing was Rick Pitino actually did compliment us at the end of the game, even though we lost by forty. He said that we handled their press as good as anyone did all year. Because wow. we didn't turn it over that much on their press. It was just they went on a 33-3 run to start the second half that kind of did us in. Uh, I'm looking up uh, this roster right now. I mean, you got, incredible. You got Ron Mercer, uh, who was uh, a top-10 pick uh, by the Celtics. Scott Padgett was on this team as yep. well. I don't know. Scott Padgett somehow matriculated his way back to Montana. He married a girl from Stevensville. I'll never really? forget going to an open gym in Stevensville when I was in college, and there's Scott Padgett. I was like, this it. seems a little bit inequitable. <laughs> I, don't th- I don't think I can guard this guy. Uh, <laughs> That's hilarious. So Nazi Muhammad was on yeah. that team as well. Jamal McGlure was on that oh, team. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Derek Anderson. Just loaded. I mean, you're talking yeah. about like five first round picks on right. on uh, one team. Pretty darn good. Right. Um, and that was my claim to fame is I almost had a tip dunk over uh, Nazi. Wow. <laughs> I mean, the game was in. You know, we were down by like 38 or whatever. But <laughs> I'll never forget that. And I thought I was going to have it, and all Nazi. I don't even think he jumped. He just kind of raised his hand up. And like backed up, and it was just enough to like knock me back that I couldn't get it. I, I made the basket, but it was like, oh my god! I mean, just the size of those guys. Matt Seidensticker <laughs> in studio with us, former Grizz hoopster, telling us uh, some stories from the Big Dance years ago. It's our Where Are They Now series, presented by Ryan and Miller, your Montana attorneys. Ryan and Miller are dedicated to providing their clients with the best representation. They work as a team to provide one-of-a-kind legal services for each of their clients. Their team works hard to ensure their clients get the compensation they deserve after being in a car accident. All consultations are always free. Call 406-542-2233 to discuss your case with Ryan and Miller, uh, your Montana attorneys. So that was in the sort of the middle part of your your career. Uh, how much do you think that influenced you guys going forward, though? Like when you came back after losing to the eventual national champion, <laughs> right? I mean, did you have sort of new perspective, though? I mean, how how did that influence the the, the team dynamic? You know, it was interesting. I, my junior year, we, I mean, we had a good score returning, um, and but we had a lot of new guys at the same time, yeah. and. Yeah. I, I felt like, you know, that year, my junior year, a lot of us, we just didn't really, we just never really gelled that, you know. Mm-hmm. And I mean, it was, I, I guess you could almost only get the Super Bowl hangover maybe or sure. something, you yeah. know what I mean? It was sort of one of those things that... That's why it's so hard know, to go back to back. It is, it is, you know, and especially when you bring in new uh, new guys and there were some younger guys trying to mix in. So, um, it's hard to say, but I, for whatever reason that year, I mean, I think we ended up 16 and 14 that yeah. next year or something, kind of just middle of the pack and... Um, I think we lost to the Cats in the Big Sky Tournament that year, mm-hmm. you know, which was a real, a real dinger. Another great way to end the year, you know. But um, and then you had you ended up having your senior year being Sentinel, yeah. which was really hard. Well, and, a new, and a new head coach too. And a new head coach. So yes. I mean, take us through that. What did you think when when Coach Taylor decided he was going to leave? It was. Uh, 
it was high. It was a bummer, you know. I mean, it, it was a bummer because there was so much continuity that he had built up. Um, and he was so beloved in Missoula. And he was so beloved in Missoula. So you much know, success. Yeah. And honestly, you know, he we all had a love hate relationship with Blaine. I mean, he was a. That's a lot of the best coaches have. You know, I mean, he was he he was a great guy. I mean, he'd do anything for you off the court, um, but he could be a real. Handful. A real handful on the court. Well, I played for one of those, too. Yeah, that a real sounds handful. right, yeah. So I understand yeah. how that goes. It's business when one you're on the court. One of my, uh, Blaine will probably hate me for telling this story, but one of my, you know, memories I always have of Blaine, and I still use it to this day, even on my son or, or you know, people or something, is I'll never forget one time he, we were, I can't remember who we were playing, but we were down, and he comes into the locker room at halftime, and he pulls out, reaches into his pocket, pulls out a bunch of change, and throws it across the locker room. He says... There's a bunch of nickels so you guys can go to the butcher shop and buy yourself some guts. <laughs> Such a good Blaine Taylor line. <laughs> oh, man. You know, that was just Blaine, right? You know? And, uh, yeah. That's the best Blaine story I've heard. I love that's, that. That's really good. He he is a one-liner a minute, man. The, the Grizz Greats podcast series we did uh, outlining the coaching tree lineage at the University of Montana. The Blaine Taylor episode is, is you got to listen to it. If you haven't already, <laughs> go, just go on your podcast hosting platforms, go Grizz Greats, Blaine Taylor. I mean, it's a comedy routine. It's an hour oh, worth yeah. of stories. The yep. guy can tell a story like nobody's business. I'm sure half of it isn't true, but nobody cares because <laughs> he's just so good at telling the stories. Uh, but also, I mean, he's just such a great uh, representative of, of Grizz history, too, from throughout the years. So uh, go go check that out. Um, what, what was the senior year like in playing at Sentinel? I mean, that's it's, it's kind of circumstantially a bummer for you guys. Yeah, it was. It was a bummer. I mean, it, it was hard. I think the first... Fifty some days of the season, we didn't even play a home game. Man, it was we played, on the road. We played our holiday tournament at Butte. We played a game in Bozeman. We played a game. Billings. In, we went Billings. to Billings on a doubleheader. Lady yep. Grizz and Grizz and yep. Billings, where we had to bus more than the actual teams that came in. Absolutely. Yes. Play played you know a game in Cutbank, and then we, <laughs> then we were on like flying around, and then finally, I think after like almost two months, played a home game. Um, and you know, it, it, that was another situation. New coach, ton of new guys. Right. Um, you know, for me, uh, being a senior, yeah, you know, you can think, oh, this sucks. You know, I'm this bummer. But you know, honestly, coming from a small town, I was really comfortable in that little gym. You know, no, sure, I, I loved it. You know, um, and it worked in our favor. I think when we played Weber State that year, when that was the year they went out and beat um, North Carolina, North Carolina, and they thumped us at Weber. But I'll never forget those boys walking into the Sentinel gym. Going, what is this? You could just see it. They were just like, screw this, man. <laughs> it was almost like we had the game won before they even stepped on the floor. You know, we ended up, you know, kind of beating them. That's very important. But, you know, you can make excuses about it. You know, obviously we didn't end up with a great year that year. Um, but, you know, we, we see what it did for the program now. You know, you make those little sacrifices. And, and honestly, the struggles we went through that year, I think, really... Um, contributed to the success the, the Grizz team years. had the next year. They, yeah. they won the regular season right. because, because you know, it, it was all, especially a lot of those new guys. You know, they they could see with Bobby Olson and Corey Reiser and I. You know, when we were on the losing streaks, just how much um, you know it meant to us and how yeah. much winning yeah. meant and how much Grizz tradition meant. And so I think it really set them up for success. And obviously the program. I mean, we've seen what they've done. You know, the last. 15, 20 years now with that new facility. So, yeah. Well, I want to talk about exactly that. So, we'll take one more break and we'll be right back. Matt Sidensticker, former Grizz 
uh, men's hoops are uh, joining us in studio. So where are they now? Presented by Ryan and Miller, your Montana attorneys. Back right after this, it's ESPN Radio. At Jewelry Design Center, they can make anything you desire. We have branded jewelry that you'll see across the world and the country. And you have full access to our full manufacturing shop. You can look in the case. You don't have to start out designing something. You can see anything that we have in the case that customize it for your personal experience. Jewelry Design Center, now open in Missoula at 2501 Brook Street, across from the Montana Club. Jewelry Design Center, your jeweler for life. It's new on is now on 102.9 ESPN Missoula. Watch the show statewide on SWX Montana Television. Pretty much every Friday uh, throughout the spring and summer, we've been doing homages to hip-hop. We won't have one tomorrow, but uh, Regime Seabrook will be back sometime next week, so we'll continue our uh, our lessons. Why now? Well, it's the 50th anniversary of hip-hop in America, and because Regime Seabrook is a, a font of information when it comes to this sort of stuff. So that's continuing. I only think of that because a little Fuji's for you coming back, one of the great hip-hop albums uh, of the late 90s. Welcome back. Nuan is now ESPN Radio SWX Montana Television and the ESPN MT app. First of all, I got to tell you, thank you. You gave me a great piece of advice once upon a time. You said, hey, you got to schedule your workouts like they're meetings. You schedule your meetings all the time. Get it into your workday culture. Go and do it and treat it like a meeting. (laughs) So I started doing this. I've been training with one of my best friends. He's a personal trainer as well as a certified physical therapist. And uh, we've had a couple workouts all about mobility, trying to get me all squared away and get you know back to flexible and stuff like that. I love it. We're training at the Westside Private Gym, so uh, that's a great place, by the way. If you need any sort of individual training, go check uh, Kevin and those guys out. But I gotta say, thank you so much for the uh, the advice. You're welcome, Colter. Yeah, it certainly helps. It's a, it's a good way to do it, uh, no doubt. And uh, shout out Westside Private Gym. Thanks for the great workout today, Matt Seidensticker in studio with us uh, here on Nuanas Now. Where are they now? Series presented by Ryan and Miller Law. Uh, we always try to highlight a uh, some sort of local organization or some sort of statewide organization in our community spotlight. And uh, this week, a familiar name, uh, somebody that's contributed to our uh, Where Are They Now and our uh, Around the Big Sky Women's Hoops in the past. Metal Marketing is our community spotlight. Uh, I saw the new Hellgate football poster. Your your boys oh, looking boy. pretty good, and all those kids look good. That's pretty well, cool. Well, they weren't in that because that was a senior poster. Sure, right, but right. Uh, Metal is doing just amazing, and they're all over. So they're a full-service marketing agency and photography studio headquartered, obviously, here in Missoula. But outside of the visual branding work Metal does for clients, Metal is also available for senior sessions, elopements, weddings, headshots, and sports sessions. But Coulter, the senior shoot for Hellgate was so awesome because Brooke, my sister-in-law, had traffic stopped. And they are coming down Higgins with Hellgate High (laughs) School in the background. You're going to see these posters all over Missoula. It is an amazing shot. And again, what I loved about it, though, is she gets all these seniors together. She's playing music. She's making them just feel great. And I think that's a huge part of bonding for sports, um, having these posters and schedules around Missoula. She's doing the dance team um, tomorrow and also doing some action shots for Hellgate High School, but really pushing in to that high school market. Um, Some other great things. She did some fantastic wedding photos for a family wedding up in Glacier Park this summer. And so just really neat to see some of the things she's doing. Cheyenne, Wyoming Wyoming Prom, a visual rebrand for Teen Impact Driving. Um, and I think if you're tired of the same images or looking for images with some spirit, fortitude, tenacity, moral fiber, resolve, 
give Metal a look and contact Metal Photography at hellometalms.com to inquire. Also check out their social media presence, their Facebook and Instagram pages. Thanks to Brooke for sponsoring this segment. Uh, yes, thanks. Thank and you. Tara. Thank you, Brooke. And I've been thinking about you. I'll be, I'll, I, I will be in touch because all of this sounds uh, very necessary. She's done some great pictures uh, of you and me. No question. And this sounds like a necessity and, and uh, certainly a desire of ours. So I'll, uh, I'll be in touch. Uh, Matt, I want to ask you a couple more things before we finish up here on hour number one. Uh, by the way, hour number two coming at you soon. Carol and the Chicken Doesn't Know Sports will be joining us. We also got some free iron grizz for you. We'll hear from the UC Davis Aggies as our football previews for Big Sky Conference continues. And we'll also hear from Jeff Safford, the voice of the Missoula Paddleheads. Uh, what do you remember just like about your teammates? You, you mentioned so many of them, but I mean, what do you remember just about just sort of the, the fabric and makeup of the teams we were playing uh, grizz hoops here in Missoula? Well, the you know, first couple of years, obviously, it was, uh, you know, you had Sean Samuelson, Kirk Walker, Chris Spoya. Um, you know Ryan Dick, um, Jared Camel, Jared was probably Camel in there, yeah. you know uh, the thing. The thing I remember is every single one of those guys you just named is from Montana, by the way. It is, yeah, exactly. A couple and, Hellgate graduates, that's too. Right. Hellgate yeah. graduates, yeah. yeah. And, and a guy that I never played with, but that really set the tone for a lot of the early Grizz was Matt Kempert, who I'm dear friends yeah. with. You yeah. Know, um, but those guys were just, you know, not only not just impressive like uh, athletes and players, but just just guys that just came to work every day. You know, and just just put in the work, and humble dudes that just wanted to be successful. Didn't have a lot successful. to say about it. No, they just they just came in and did the work, and and it was just the grizzly way. You know, we we had a saying back in the day, copper newts, right? You know, you just it's all about toughness and and putting in the work. Um, and so, and the guy that I just respect immensely, you know, was he was my roommate my first year, and he started as a walk on and ended up. Um, Getting a scholarship, thousand point scorer is, is Mike Warhank, you yeah. know, and he's one of a great these, Falls guy, right? Absolutely. Great Falls guy, and I just have so much respect for Mike because he was, you know, doubted so much, right? That he was slow and couldn't jump and this and that, but he was just such an unbelievably skilled basketball player, and I'm just so proud of what he accomplished. Um, one of the most solid humans, and too. one of the most solid I mean, humans. Good people, uh, you know, there's only a few people that I can always ever gave the moniker Montana, and it was Johnny Montana Edwards, right? Yeah. And Montana Mike Warhank. I love it. Yeah, and that, those are because they're just those guys that just they just personify it. You know what I mean? And uh, so yeah, just a, just a great group of guys. Um, that all Montana kids, like you said. Which was extra special. So now you live you live back in Missoula for almost twenty years. Do you still follow Grizz hoops? I do, I do. You know, I back when Criswell and those boys were playing and yeah. stuff. We actually had uh, I wasn't actually in Missoula at the time. But we had season tickets, you know, and that's nice. when that's when we were enjoying the skybox. You know, that's a pretty cool deal they have there and stuff. But I don't I uh, keep up with it as much as I can. You know, I don't make it into many games now, but yeah. I, you know, I'll watch it on TV and and things like that. But. Um, we're busy with our own kids now. Right. It's and you're coaching and yeah. you're oh, discovering so new species. And, yeah. <laughs> I'm a busy guy, Coulter. <laughs> <laughs> well, on that note, on the professional note, then what's next? I mean, is yep. there an element of uh, such a thrill to find a new species, right. right? If you missed the first part of this conversation, uh, Matt's been doing a bunch of research, a bunch of different things, and uh, they found a new species of moth. Where was it at again? Uh, in the Prior Mountains. Okay. Uh, <laughs> but when you have, I mean, that must be a, uh, such a high to, to find that. So how do you sort of go about then... The next adventure must be kind of right. hard to find, right? Well, it is. And we have, you know, two more, I think I mentioned, in the hopper that we've got that are with the experts right now sort of, you know, officially getting um, confirmed. So, yeah, yeah. So the next step would be writing those up, getting those published, which will be kind of a cool thing. But, 
You know, the thing about moths is we don't, I mean, there could be four or 5,000 species of moths in Montana. Right. You know, and, and, and there's big ones and small ones. And so these really tiny moths, the sky's the limit for there. So, I mean, it, it could take the rest of my life before I discover, like, all the species that occur in Montana. And surely there's new ones out there. And so... It, you know, I often tell people it's every time I go out to collect, it's a lot like Christmas morning, like every time, because, you know, you, you're just in anticipation of what's going to be in those traps or what you're going to find. And so, and with such a big state, it's just, you know, keep on keeping on and we'll, we'll turn up new stuff. Well, you, you mentioned just how sort of growing up rurally and being outside all the time influenced your career choice. Has basketball had an influence on your adult life then too? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, you know, for all the, the reasons that we talk about, like, I mean, the work ethic and you know, the perseverance and, and things like that. You know, one of the things that um, has really stuck with me is just the accountability part of the, the whole thing. Yeah, you know? right. I mean, when I was a junior, um, you know, I had earned kind of a full-time starting role, and I think there was twice that year that I actually lost that that role, you mm. know. And so it's like, you know, you, you, you're accountable for your, your performance and your, your actions, right? And so you could you have a choice. You can either get mad about it you can get depressed or you can kind of just look yourself in the mirror and say hey yeah i, I suck right now yeah you know and sometimes what, you learn a lot in those moments of loss or when something's taken away from absolutely, you absolutely absolutely and i think that's something that's certainly carried with me um throughout my life with some of my you know like personal battles with a few things and so uh you know you just got to do it about face um and and be able to you know make that choice to change change your behaviors if you need to and uh but the accountability was a big thing. Um, and then one thing that I, I'm always early. <laughs> right. I'm, Student athletes are always early. That's right. right. I love that. It's grizz time, that? right? Blaine always used to say 15 minutes early. That's that's what time. We're at 1, you're at 1245, grizz time. And I, I'll be darned if it uh, never you're fails. Early. I'm early to everything. <laughs> So I'll see you at Washington Grizzly tomorrow, long before long kickoff before. at 7 p.m. Absolutely. <laughs> Got to love it. Matt Seidensinger, former Grizz basketball player uh, in studio with us. Put a bow on our Where Are They Now, at least for this summer. It's presented by Ryan and Miller Law. Ryan and Miller has over 30 years of experience, and they approach every case like it's going to trial from day one. This ensures they're always prepared and ready to press forward on their cases to give their clients the justice they deserve. Thanks so much for being here all, all summer long. Walter, this this is was a great, so fun. It's a great series. We had a whole women's basketball breakdown we were going to give you at some point, but all of our guests were so good, we never got to it. So I'll jump back on it as we get closer <laughs> yeah. to thinking so, about that. So uh, 49ers co- quarterback controversy, uh, <laughs> Hellgate football, and around the Big Sky women's hoops coming up with Chris and Redpath. Yes. But uh, thanks so much for putting this together. Thank you, Colter. You can find all of our Where Are They Nows on our Nuanas Now podcast, including this one if you missed anything in it, just like you can find each and every hour of Nuana's now on the podcast, uh, available on all your various podcast hosting platforms and proudly presented by Blackfoot Communications, the M Store, and the MSU Bookstore. Hour one of the books, hour two coming at you. Jeff Safford, UC Davis, and kick things off, Carolyn's been watching Hard Knocks. Her opinion about Aaron Rodgers might be changing. That's next. Keep it right here. ESPN Radio. 
Get commencement ready at the Montana State Bookstore, your best place for blue and gold on game day or any other day. Their grad fair sale is going on right now if you visit msubookstore.org. Free regalia. When you purchase a diploma frame at the MSU Bookstore, you can obviously visit the MSU Bookstore on the Montana State campus. The Montana State Bookstore, your best place for blue and gold on game day or any other day. Visit on campus or at msubookstore.org. 